TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pink Tower, a Montessori podcast produced by the Maria Montessori School. Today, our guest is Jamie Yeager. She works at the Amari Montessori School in Clarksville, Tennessee. Hello, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. So every week, Jamie, I start out with my famous Montessorian of the week. Uh, I often get asked by parents and people who are curious about Montessori is, what is the end product? What is, who are the famous Montessorians? And so we have covered, who are some of your favorite, favorite famous Montessorians, Jamie? Oh, well, my favorite Montessorians are students that I've had, so yes. no one would know their names. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the larger realm of things, um, I, I absolutely admire Anne Frank, ah. um, though she was though she's she didn't get to finish her Montessori experience. Mm. I think that she enlightened the world with her writings. So yes, she's been one of our Montessorians of the week. Yes, we we did we did her. We Good. did. Uh, we did Beyonce. We've done we've done quite a few, um, and it's uh, at, on at your school on your school's website. Does your school have a website? We do. All yes. right. And what what is the website? Maybe put that out there. People can look it up. Um, it's just amarimontessori uh, dot org. Amari A M A R E. Correct. Right? All right. Dot org. Yeah. So on your website, do you have a list of famous Montessorians that people can click on? We do not, actually. Well, I will tell um, you, believe- <laughs> <laughs> there is a Go lot ahead. of schools out there who have that list. So if you we, if you try to look up famous Montessorians, you get a lot of different uh, school websites. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We do share that list with our enrolling parents, oh, but okay. um, no, it's not on our website. Oh. Well, today I was going to talk about not a famous... Well, it's interesting when you look up famous Montessorians because there are times where you'll find somebody who... People claim went to a Montessori school, but after you do a little research, you'll find that that's not true. Um, so, it, you know, a lot of people claim that um, Prince Harry and Prince William went to a Montessori school, um, which they did mm-hmm. technically. They went to a, a a school that had a Montessori program, but they were enrolled in the traditional program. Oh, how curious is that? (laughs) Yes. And then there is, uh, but actually, Prince William and Duchess Kate have enrolled their kids in Montessori. So so Prince George was our famous Montessorian last week. So it's interesting when you get into these things, uh, who we claim, (laughs) and then sometimes, so it's kind of (laughs) hard. You'll see these lists, and then you try to get sort of a a secondary source or a, a core, you know, and it's hard to do. So today, I was reading about Peter Drucker. And Peter Drucker was an Austrian-born okay. American management consultant, education, educator, and author whose writers contributed to the philosophical and practical foundations of the modern, modern business corporation. He was also the leader in the development of management education. He invented the concept known as management by objectives and self-control. And he's been described as the founder of modern management. He's one of the best known and most wildly influential thinkers and writers on the subject of management theory and practice. His writings have predicted many of the major developments of the late 20th century, including privatization and decentralization, the rise of Japan economic world power, 
and the decisive importance of marketing and the emergence of information society and its necessity of lifelong learners. Drucker coined the term knowledge worker and later in his life considered knowledge worker productivity to be the next frontier of management. And his concept about knowledge workers was that in corporations, corporations have to deal with so many different things, it used to be you were an expert in your field and then you hired people to do the work for you. And now if you're in a corporation, you have to be an expert in your field and then find other experts to help you do all the work that you need to do. So knowledge worker can be translated as um, just an executive in a company or a technocrat or something like that. So just by reading that, I was thinking that uh, he has this idea that we all have to be lifelong learners. And then um, it's, they, they claim that he was a Montessori student, but he was not. Okay. <laughs> but he did, oh. <laughs> but he did, he did express uh, admiration for Marie Montessori. In one of his books, Management, Task, Responsibilities, and Practices, which he wrote in 1973, he said, For thousands of years, people have been talking about improving teaching to no avail. It was not until the early years of this century, however, that an educator asked, what is the end product? Then the answer was obvious. It is not teaching. It is, of course, learning. And then the same educator, the great Italian doctor and teacher Maria Montessori, began to apply systematic analysis of the work and systematic integration of the parts into a process. And so that was his. So Peter Drucker. Father of modern management was a Maria Montessori fan. So, so Jamie, uh, so now what I, what I like to do is uh, bring in experts to the show to help me with the knowledge. So, uh, so I okay. ask all of my, uh, all my guests, the, the first question is, what is Montessori? So what is your uh, elevator pitch of what Montessori is when someone asks you? What is Montessori? Well, I, I do think that it is a system of education that has certain um, tenets to it that are very important. Um, I, a couple of those tenets are a trained um, teacher in the Montessori method uh, who has studied the philosophy as well as child, obser- uh, child development and observation. I also believe that true Montessori education um, has the element of a prepared environment, and it's there that, I, for me, Montessori is not just about education, but it's about a lifestyle, and it has infiltrated my life, um, and I look at everything that I do inside and outside of school as preparing an environment, whether that's for myself, so that I can be productive in the goals and the, and the desires that I have for myself, or for my own children, or my family, or even for people who maybe I haven't yet met, um, preparing a welcoming place where they can be the best person that they can be. And I think through all of that, the underlining um, piece that is so important to Montessori is the utmost respect for children um, and seeing that children have something very valuable to contribute to our world and that they are they are the future of our world. And so that's in a very short amount of time, <laughs> my my take on Montessori. I don't think anybody's ever gotten under 30 seconds. I'll, I'll, I can just oh, tell you that. Did so I that, get close? No, I, I wasn't timing you. I, I stopped timing a long okay. time ago because it's just... It, it, <laughs> Probably a good idea. Montessorians, they tend to go on, right? But the... Uh, so there's when you so say, much to praise. Oh, that's what... Yeah, I mean, I think that's the... 
you know, the, the thing about it, I mean, we, we have this show as a way of to try to explain it. And, you know, we're into our 13th episode, and I think we're only just beginning to scratch the surface. So it, it is tough to explain it in a very, you know, concise manner. And and, it is. And I, I, so I just like challenging people to do that. But, uh, <laughs> but so I always you, like it when someone asks in the elevator, but we have like 13 floors to go up. And right. <laughs> <laughs> You need a long time, a slow elevator, a slow elevator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you said it was a lifestyle. So, you know, your school is in Clarksville, Tennessee, which it is. F- for those that don't know, Clarksville is about, what, 45 minutes north of Nashville? Is that about right or how far? It is, yes. Okay. Northwest of Nashville, off 24, yes. Would you still consider Clarksville like a suburb of Nashville or is it more remote or um, rural? I think it- we're really our own city. Mm-hmm. We also, we, we neighbor Fort Campbell military base. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're right up on the Kentucky border. And mm-hmm. so uh, I would not consider us a suburb of Nashville yet. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me again, maybe in 10 years. Right. But do you think it's like, so do you think it's Mon- Montessori is a harder sell in a place like Clarksville than Nashville or Memphis or even like a, or a New York or something like that? It, well, it hasn't been for us. Mm-hmm. I think that Clarksville was really ready for Amare. I feel like our community, there were a lot of families that were looking for an educational alternative. And although I wish that Montessori was not the niche and yet and, and was the, you know, the popular stream, mm-hmm. I think that those families have been able to find us. Um, very easily, and so we've been very warmly embraced. We've just been open three three years, mm-hmm. um, but we we have been very welcomed into the community. And you teach elementary or primary? Um, actually, I'm a primary trained teacher, but okay. I am the head of school, so I'm not okay. in a classroom. Okay. Um, and so, but I but I have previous experience as a primary teacher, and I also worked in a toddler classroom. And what environments do you guys have at your school? How far do you go up? We we go through upper elementary, so mm-hmm. through sixth level of elementary. Uh, we have a combined elementary classroom with 25 in it this year. Um, we have 40 enrolled for next year for uh-huh. elementary. Uh-huh. And then we have two primaries that have um, 23 students in them, and then a toddler that has 12 students. So when you say combined, you, you mean a 6 to 12 elementary Yes. Okay. We do. So we I, do the full um, plane of development together. Okay. So that's interesting because I think all of our other elementary teachers that we've had in here have been like sort of nine, nine to twelve, six to nine uh, programs. So do you want to talk about? There's that's a concern I think some parents have mixing older students with younger students, and that is so foreign to people who come from a traditional environment where kids are separated into their different age groups and different grade levels. So what is the benefit yeah. of having uh, a 12-year-old in the same classroom as a 6-year-old? Well, I think there's, there are benefits for the younger children um, mm-hmm. because they do see the, the work and the accomplishments that those 12-year-olds are, are experiencing, and it's very motivating to those younger children. They see the type of research they're doing. They see the type of going outs that they're planning and going on, and so they, they're striving to get to that stage. And mm-hmm. so I think it's very motivating for the younger children. For the older children, I have seen um, so many times over and over again, I've just seen beautiful um, scenes of older children being very nurturing mm-hmm. to the younger children. And I think that 
in some ways, it helps those 11 and 12-year-olds just really hang on to their last years of childhood and not rush into adolescence. Mm. Um, and so it, it, we have a very family feel at Amare, um, and it may be different at other schools, but I think that that large age group really works for our, our particular family. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you have a, a 6 to 12 environment and you guys do not have an adolescent program, Right, no, no, no middle school. You guys are working on that. <laughs> so what do you, uh, I need to come up there <laughs> and, and take <laughs> yes. a look at your spot. But the, yes. uh, when, you're, when your sixth graders leave, so how do you kind of help them with that transition if there's no adolescent program? So, them? well, so, so remember, we're only in our third year. Mm-hmm. So oh. we've only actually graduated two sixth graders. Okay. Uh, one of them went on to middle school, um, but she had previously been in traditional school. Okay. Um, she took a hiatus and homeschooled before coming to Amare, and then she was at Amare for a year, um, and then and then she did transition into public middle school. Uh, the second uh, graduate that we had, she transitioned. Uh, she had been in Montessori. She came to us from another Montessori school, so she had several years of Montessori experience. And then she has actually transitioned into homeschooling, oh, and okay. that is it's and it's going very well for her. She really enjoys it. Um, her she she's in part of a co-op. Um, she really enjoys that, and she is still part of our community because her mother actually teaches for us. And so we still get to see her and check <laughs> nice. in on her. <laughs> okay. And then what about the other one, the, the other sixth grader? Uh, well, so those were the two. One, oh, one well, went on to public middle school and, and, and one okay. went on to homeschooling. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So we've just had the two. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll have more in the future. <laughs> right. Well, that's, um, it's, you know, that's one of the things that I, I always... Um, what I'm talking about in my adolescent program and, um, and people, we start to introduce some traditional elements, but also it's, it's, I always want to tell parents, it's not about, um, preparing them for the next level. It's about showing them how they have this, the skills and the things that they already have and how to apply it to the next level. You know, it's like, that's what I always try to do. It's not about, teaching the Montessori out of them. It's like showing them how to project it out, you know? And so that's, um, that's always an interesting thing. So you're, we talk a lot on here about the different acronyms of Montessori. We have AMI and we have AMS, but your training is different. You want to talk a little bit about your training and how you came to Montessori? It is a little bit different. So I um, went through the MEI, which is Montessori Educators International Training. Mm-hmm. Um, it came down uh, through the St. Nicholas program um, in London. And my trainer was Jane Dutcher, who um, who trained St. Nicholas and then um, worked with MEI along with Alita Ledendecker out of Knoxville, who mm-hmm. Um, who is still around in Tennessee. You might want to tag yeah. her for a show one. Um, <laughs> she's great. Um, and so uh, Jane was my trainer. And I think that I jumped into Montessori because I was actually a student at Vanderbilt in my undergrad doing an early childhood education and child development ma- double major. Mm. And I was very disappointed in all of my practical work. Um, I, I had done some practical work in private schools. I've done practical work in public schools, and it, it all looked the same to me, and it wasn't satisfying at all. 
And when I was in one of my practica, uh, my supervising teacher pulled me aside and she said, have you ever looked into Montessori? Mm. And at the time I, I hadn't, and I said no. And she said, well, I think you should consider doing some research there because everything you write about in your reflective journals and your philosophy is really in line with that. And the reason I know that is that I'm a trained Montessori teacher and she was there at Vanderbilt doing her graduate or her doctoral work. Mm. And so I, I knew a little girl that my sister had nannied who had gone to a Montessori school. And so I just asked, I, I kind of jumped out on a leap of faith and I asked if I could do one of my student teaching, um, semesters in a Montessori school. And I was flabbergasted that I was told yes. Uh And so I ended up at a Bintra Montessori in um, Nashville with Sherry Knott. She's the director there. And my supervising teacher at a Bintra um, for my student teaching was Catherine McTammany, who is a pretty big Tennessee Montessori name. And she, um, so Catherine was actually working on, um, Abintra was hosting the MEI training that year, and it was actually only ever hosted in Nashville one time. It was based out of Knoxville, and it was just hosted in Nashville that one time, and Catherine said, hey, you should you should train. And so I, again, I said, sure, I'm in my senior year of college. Why not add this too? <laughs> and so I actually did my Montessori training um, simultaneously at oh. the when I was in my senior year of Vanderbilt. Wow. Um, and it was it was just kind of funny because at the end of that senior year, I knew I was never going to step inside of a traditional classroom right. ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I didn't even bother to get my state teaching license. Um, and then Sherry hired me. She was looking for a primary teacher. So I finished my training um, through MEI and then in like July and started a school year in August at Abintra. So that was my first um, teaching position as well. So you did, you started at Abintra. How long were you there? Um, I was there just, I was there for my student teaching and then I was there for a full year Uh at which time my husband and I decided we were going to start our family. Mm -hmm. And so we, I went back and did my graduate work while, while we were, um, well, while pregnant with our first child, mm-hmm. um, and I really wanted to have that degree under my belt before we had children, and so we did. I did that, and I actually took my last final exam exactly one week before he was born. Wow! So <laughs> busy. Um, so, <laughs> I was, I was determined. Um, but then, it, but then, as he approached three, I we had moved to Arkansas, and I sought out a school. And went back into the classroom and was at that school for eight years as a primary teacher. Wow! Um, and then so. you came back to Nashville, or back to Clarksville. Where and then we came to yeah, and then we came to Clarksville. Wow! Um, and then I was actually in Clarksville um, and worked at a school in Pleasant View, Tennessee, which is smack dab in between Nashville and Clarksville on I twenty four. Um, of a sweet little school there that was only open for four years mm-hmm. um, and and taught and, and did administrative work there um, before opening Amare in Clarksville. See, I just think it's so interesting. We talk about in Memphis um, that we kind of struggle with the idea of people that don't know Montessori and trying to educate them and then and and people still not being aware of that and and you've done mm-hmm. it in 
Arkansas. You've done it. I mean, not to where in Arkansas were you in Little Rock or? Uh, no, we were actually north of Little Rock. We were we were up in Bentonville, which is oh, the headquarters the Walmart, of yeah. Walmart. Wow. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Um, and so there was a little at the time uh, that we moved there. There was one Montessori school in town. Um, a couple years later, a second one opened. They're both still open now, and they have an an amicable relationship. They mm-hmm. partner to bring in speakers and things. Um, and so I was, I felt very fortunate that we did move. My husband's job is what moved us. And I was felt really fortunate that we settled in a place that had a Montessori school that I could be involved in. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of what we, we have talked about at the Maria Montessori school as well, is that, you know, you can't be Montessori in effect is a bunch of independent schools. I mean, we all kind of run our own shows and all of that. But the Montessori community, we really have to work together to uh, to educate people and to spread the word, um, and and that can help everybody. So that's why we've with this podcast, we've we've asked other teachers to come on, and and, and because we want to to do that. And so you're involved with an organization that has the same kind of mission. You are with the yes. Mo- Montessori Alliance of Tennessee, another one of those. Acronyms, math. Acronyms, math. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we tell have us so a little bit. Acronyms. Yes, gosh, acronyms after acronyms. But tell me, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the Montessori Alliance of Tennessee. What What are you guys? What is your mission? Sure. So, um, our mission is to um, speak with one united voice to advocate for um, authentic Montessori in the state of Tennessee. Uh, it, we started. About six years ago, about the, in the spring, about this time of year, um, I believe that one of your previous guests, Brooks Gerber, mm-hmm. um, was on a few weeks ago or a couple months ago, maybe. Yes. Um, she and I co-founded the organization. Uh, she, we were working together at that little school in Pleasant View, and it was just kind of a brainchild that we talked about on breaks sometimes. And then she and I attended the International uh, Montessori Congress that was in Portland in 2013, and and it was after that we were just we were fired up and um, said let's do this. So we held a couple of um, interest meetings um, to get Montessorians together. And at the time, um, I think it, it was just it was exactly what you you said just a couple of minutes ago, Josh. Which is all of all of our Montessori schools. We we are we don't operate as one. We all have our own little flavor, mm-hmm. and we all have our own battles, and we're all our own communities. And what Brooks and I saw was this beautiful community of all these schools doing these wonderful things for children that could serve as resources to each other, and that through networking and and um, professional development, that they could really grow into a larger collective across the state. And so we decided, okay, let's have a, let's have a conference. Let's see what happens and we'll have a conference. And so after a couple of planning meetings, we decided to put a conference together. And so we invited a couple of speakers. Uh, Connie Black was there. You were there. Mm -hmm. Um, My memory is, is not serving me very well right now, but there, (laughs) there were a handful of people that agreed to come and just, you know, talk and, and provide breakout sessions and, we thought we would ha- maybe have 20 people show up because mm. who were we? And, um, and, but we just, we heavily advertised. We, tra- we really tried to get the word out to schools and we ended up having 65 people at that very first conference, um, in the fall of 2014. And so we were really, we were pretty excited about that. Um, 
And then from there, we just decided, okay, this went well. We're going to we're gonna do an annual conference. And so we have annually had a conference in September since then. And it's grown and grown. And what I... What I love from my end, so I, so I, I serve as the executive director for the Montessori Alliance, mm. um, and so, and as part of that, I also serve as the conference chair, and so I plan the conference. Um, I've I've planned the conference the last several years, and what I love is watching everyone arrive every morning of <laughs> in the morning of the conference because yeah. because it is like this beautiful family reunion and especially year after year as people have met and engaged with one another and and sat down at lunch and talked or you know shared a moment in a workshop or or what have you these people come from all these different Montessori schools across the state and then actually in the last couple of years from even surrounding states and they recognize faces and they they embrace and they laugh and they share a cup of coffee together while they chat and catch up and it's beautiful. Mm. Um, and so that, that has been, that's it was my dream from the beginning was just to get people talking and networking and supporting one another. And I feel like we were really fortunate to have Matt in place um, several years ago when the department of education kind of um, everybody from the commissioner of education down to the program evaluators that come into our schools and actually evaluate our programs, um, about 80% turnover in one year. Yeah. And so suddenly the Montessori community was, we, you know, we, we kind of felt like we were under attack mm-hmm. because we, we were suddenly being questioned about some of our practices that we had been, um, you know, we'd been hearing to for decades and never questioned about because there were all these new faces in the department. And I think it was really fortunate that we had a state organization already put together with a board and committees established at that point that we could just address that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we weren't scrambling and we were able to network with heads of schools to say, this is happening at the state level. We will keep you abreast of different developments. And I don't think that that would have been successful had we not had that community building those years prior. Um, so I, so Matt really serves two purposes. You know, it is to be an advocate to the greater Tennessee community, primarily legislation and the Department of Education. But it's also for all of us just to to be arm in arm with each other, feeling supported and offering support to others. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's very, it's, you know, we have seen obviously that you don't have to have a background in education to get a, a government job in education, right? To, you know, like <laughs> we've seen that. But also even people with backgrounds yeah. in education don't really know about Montessori. You know, like you were saying, you, you were in, a, uh, you were in a, a college program, an education program, learning about education and early childhood development, and you had not heard a lot about Montessori, right? So, No. And when I... I and in fact... I was. I then became the expert and presented mm-hmm. to my own classmates my final <laughs> semester um, about Montessori, yeah. which is a riot. But yeah. because my professors didn't know, they didn't know. Yeah, I did the same thing. I was actually because I have my degree in history with a teacher's license. That was my undergrad, and um, mm-hmm. and I did a. Uh, I was taking a class on alternative education, and I did a paper on Montessori. Uh, just so happened my girlfriend at the time was a Montessori teacher, <laughs> my wife now, Santina. So uh, she, nice. she pointed me in the right directions uh, for all the research. But even my teacher who was teaching that class was not that all, all that familiar 
with it, you know? So, yeah. and so it's amazing to me. So even though you have these people who are in these education positions in government and in these education departments, they just don't know what Montessori is sometimes. So it's great that we have yeah. Matt to be an advocate and that we have at least, a, we got a little bit of a head start on, uh, on that. So, you were you were saying earlier that it is up and down, and and right now there's not too much exciting happening. But what are some of the things that you'd like to see Matt pursue going forward? What are some of the goals that so you guys have? There there are a couple of goals on the state level that we are pursuing. Um, so one of which is we currently legislation. Sorry, not legislation. Um, the rules and regulations out of the Department of Education mm. um, are unclear about at what age a child can enter a primary classroom. And one of the things that Matt is working on with the department, as well as talking with some legislators about, is is really making that clear. It's a gray area right now, and we really want to make it clear, and we want it to be a very clear two and a half. Um, Mm. All of, you know, primary, Montessori primary teachers, uh, they are trained for children two and a half to six and a half. And with the proper training, it's perfectly safe for two and a half year olds to be in the primary program. Um, and so that's one of the, what that is one of our goals um, with the state is mm-hmm. to educate and to get that um, on the books. Another goal that we have is to have the Montessori teacher um, teaching credential recognized at the same level as a state license. Mm. And so that, so it's, it's really funny. I I had no idea how massive the Department of Education was, Hmm. Um, but we're, we, we actually actively work with about four different departments Hmm. within the Department of Education. Um, And so, you know, working on the teacher credential and getting it recognized at the state level is a completely different um, department than the age requirement for primary students would be. And then recently with a change in the rules and regulations, um, Montessori schools have um, historically always been licensed, not always, since the 80s, been licensed under DOE. Mm-hmm. So if you were a Montessori school, you were licensed under DOE. Um, and DOE so is school, Department of Education? Sorry, the Department of Education. Okay. And recently the Department again. of Education. Yeah, yes, more. Um, recently, the Department of Education, with their last update to their rules and regulations for licensing programs, declared that you had to, a program had to have at least five school age children to remain under the jurisdiction of the Department of Education. Mm. And if you did not have five school age children, then you would now be licensed through DHS, which is the Department of Human Services, mm. who primarily they license more traditional preschools or day, or daycare centers. Right. And so for some of our smaller schools that only have primary programs, um, having that five school age children um, is difficult. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's because the, their third year primary students don't meet the kindergarten cutoff date. Sometimes it's because parents and teachers are making a sound, solid decision that that even if they do make the cutoff date, maybe they're not ready for that that technical kindergarten year. Mm. Maybe they had seven last year, but this year they only have four. So there's a myriad of, of issues there. 
Um, in, and it includes, for again, for some of our smaller schools that don't have an elementary program attached to them, um, it could even mean flip-flopping back and forth between the Department of Education and the Department of Human Services year, year to year, wow. um, which is not advantageous for anyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's our third goal that we're working on right now, is to have it reinstated that all Montessori schools are licensed and regulated under the Department of Education. It certainly would streamline, you know, any future work with advocacy that we needed to do because all of our all of our programs would be following the same set of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it also it it also is a matter of 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 principle and integrity. Montessori programs are about education. They you know they. We do not see ourselves as daycare centers. Mm -hmm. And so if a school can show that they are, you know, an authentic Montessori school and adhering to the tenets of a Montessori program, um, then they need to be licensed under the Department of Education. And so uh, the MAP board several years ago put together a program called the Validation Project uh, that is is helping to guide a lot of the education that we're doing with the Department of Education and the legislation, the legislators, um, because what it's what it's doing is it's showing that schools are willing to um, voluntarily go and put themselves through a self study, um, and it's not to the same degree that AMI recognition is, and it's not to the same degree that AMS accreditation or any other accreditation is. It's really just more about baseline standards that say this school is a Montessori school and here um, people have attested to that. Here's paperwork that shows they have trained teachers. They adhere to basic Montessori principles. And that is helping to, you know, it's helping to be used not only as a tool, but I think it will be a gateway for schools if we if we're able to in the future acquire waivers for yeah i mean i think age. i think it works three ways though right i mean you you are educating the the politicians about this you're educating schools you're letting schools know this yes. is the criteria that you have to meet and also mm-hmm. you're letting parents have a guideline of what absolutely. is a montessori school so i, I think it's yeah it's like absolutely. a it's a triangle of stuff working It is. There. It's beautiful. I always think in word pictures. And so it's, yeah, it's this lovely Venn diagram with three circles. And <laughs> and it, it does. It all overlaps it because in the middle, it all comes together with the validation project because parents are, are being educated and, and they feel confident, you know, so it's like consumer protection, if you will. And then, like you said, uh, so is the, the state workers and legislators are being educated and the schools are, um, you know, they're, they're, it's always positive to reflect on your own practices, you know, whether that's an individual teacher or a school wide. And so sometimes um, going through any kind of a self-study is positive and can bring about growth. And so, yeah, it, there's so many advantages to the validation project. And we have about 50 Montessori schools in the state of Tennessee. Wow. And yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so we have 11 validated schools right now. And at last count, there were another, I want to say, like 16 in process. Um, and so quite a, we've had positive, um, you know, we've had really positive feedback about the process and um, the 
the schools that are being visited and the people who are going in, the validators that are going in to visit the schools are all just really enjoying the process. Cool. And I think that's like, do you you know if other states have organizations and alliances like Matt that are, that are working? Okay. Yes, actually. Um, I recently, there was a survey done and it's over 50% of states that have a state organization. And of those states, I think about five or six of them either have their validation project in place or are working toward that goal. So we're, we're really on the, the front end of that, Tennessee, mm-hmm. as, as far as having a validation project. Maryland really led the way about a decade ago, mm-hmm. and other states have kind of been slow to follow suit. But there's, there's definitely an, been an intake in the last about 18 months of states that are interested in this because they're seeing the, the validity of it. It's it's good. It's good to be united, um, and it's and I I can't express enough your point that it's. I think it's really nice for parents to know that to go to those websites and be able mm-hmm. to say, oh, okay, this is a validated Montessori school. This means that they have certain things in place that are truly Montessori. Yeah. So well. Jamie, I think that's about it. Uh, you have covered it all for us. Uh, I, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but thank you so for much more to cover. Don't yes. stop doing your show. <laughs> oh, I know. We're going to have to get a thousand floor elevator, and we'll just have to <laughs> there do. There we it. go. <laughs> but uh, but yes, thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, thank you for telling us all this thank stuff. You for having me. And I think that. And thank me- you for doing the show. Hey, no problem. No problem. I think the message is. And one that I want people to know is that if you're a Montessori teacher, if you're a Montessori parent, if you're, you know, you, you're not alone, right? We, we, there are these organizations out there that, uh, that we can contact and we can, we can, we can all help each other to make Montessori the best that it can be. And, um, I just thank you for the work that you're doing. Well, thank you. I, I'm, you're welcome, and I, I enjoy it greatly. So. And, I, and I have to make my way up to Clarksville. I've got to get that adolescent program working. So, All right. It sounds great. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thank you guys for listening to The Pink Tower. Uh, once, again, once again, The Pink Tower is sponsored by the Maria Montessori School. Maria Montessori School is in Memphis, Tennessee. We're located down in Harbortown. Uh, we have a toddler environment that goes all the way up to the eighth grade middle school. Um, and so if you're interested in Montessori and want to learn more about it, please contact the school. Look us up on Facebook. Our phone number is 901-527-3444. If you're from outside of Memphis, if you're from somewhere in the United States or even some of our international listeners, look us up on Facebook, look up our, our website and follow us on Twitter. Follow the pink tower on Twitter And let us know, what are some of the organizations in your state that are helping people to uh, find out more about Montessori? Is there a nation, a statewide alliance in your state that is helping people find out about? And if there is not, let us know so we can get one started. So thank you guys again for listening to The Pink Tower. We'll see you next time. The preceding is an OM production. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.